Hey y'all, this is Charlie. And guess what? Y'all know, I don't know, I'm not exactly the quickest in the bunch, but uh, also our Heavenly Father has quite the sense of humor. So I told y'all in the last podcast that I was going to share a parable with you, but we never got to it because we started off talking about how the Lord wants to, to lead us. And when he says, go, we go. And when he says, stay, we stay uh, so that we're flowing with him. And as I sat down to start this podcast, I realized that as we were talking about moving at his pace, he gave us an object lesson in moving at his pace because we never got where I thought we were going to get. <laughs> oh, anyway, see how great he is. I mean, he just makes it easy. We complicate the relationship. Right? Have you ever had a friend or a coworker? Hopefully not your spouse, maybe someone you dated before your spouse or that you're dating now and you're kind of wondering about and they just overcomplicate everything. It's like does it have to be that complicated? How often we do that with our papa. He keeps it so simple. My friends, because as it says in Psalms 103, he remembers our frame. He remembers our frame. He knows our weaknesses. He knows what we are and aren't capable of. And he never demands anything from us that he doesn't know he hasn't already put in us. Hallelujah. That's called the grace of God. He gives us both the desires and the ability to do anything that he asks us to do. He's already given us everything we need. That was a freebie too. Okay, so we're going to go to that parable today, I think, um, and I, I think you're really going to enjoy it. So we've been for the last few podcasts talking about God's word and looking at different, just different aspects of it and how wonderful it is. And you know someone else who thought God's word was so important. He talked about God's word. And that is Jesus. And in fact, Jesus shared a parable on the word of God. And told us that unless we understand this parable, we can't understand any of the others. So I would say that he thinks the word of God is pretty important. And if Jesus says it's important, I'm going to say it's important. Amen. And you too. So uh, once again, Jesus, we thank you for your presence here with us today. We thank you that you are the one here ultimately who is teaching us and guiding us, Lord. We thank you that you are so gracious that you serve us and you minister to us and that your word comes with power and comes with life, Lord. And it brings into our life, into our bodies, into our relationships, Lord. It, it brings in the fruit that we need and we simply bear it. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are going to jump into Mark 4 uh, so that we can get to this parable. <laughs> and it's going to be fun. So it, we're in Mark chapter 4, verse 1, and it says, He, and this would be Jesus, began to teach again by the sea. You know what? There's the other thing. Not only does Jesus tell us how important his word is, but what was his ministry? Like the hallmark of his ministry was that everywhere he went, he was teaching and preaching and healing. He teached, he preached, he healed. He teached, he preached, he healed. Amen. So it shouldn't be too hard for us to figure out what he wants in our lives. So he began to teach again by the sea, just like he began to teach again in this podcast. Thank you, Lord. And such a very large crowd gathered to him that he got into a boat in the sea and sat down and the whole crowd was by the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And was saying to them in his teaching, listen, 
listen. You know, when Jesus says to listen, we should listen. And I want to tell you something too. Well, he might tell us later on. But in case he died, I can't remember if it's in this passage or not. Jesus did not originally start off teaching in parables. That he didn't give us parables to, to teach us directly per se. He used illustrations for that. So Jesus would use illustrations to teach. Like, look at the birds of the air. They neither toil nor reap nor store into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you of more value than they? That's an illustration. You know, he took something out of the ordinary to make what he was teaching very plain and easy to understand. Where a parable, he would actually take what he was teaching and hide it inside of something else. And he didn't start doing that until after the Jewish leaders had rejected him again and again and again and again. And why did he do that? Well, he, he tells us in another place, do not cast your pearls before swine. Why? If you cast a bunch of pearls at the feet of a bunch of pigs, you know what they're going to do? They're going to stomp them down into the mud, right? Pigs love to play in the mud. They're just going to stomp them down into the mud. It's a waste of your pearls. And that's what he's saying. He's not going to give the good kingdom truth to people who have no heart for it. And at the same time, how it delights his heart when we hear something in the word and we don't understand it, but we come to him with that desire that we want to understand it. Lord, explain this to me. I want to understand what you're saying in your word. And he hides the best truth that way. You know, it says in Proverbs that it is the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search the matter out, right? We are the kings. It says in Peter that we have been made kings and priests, you know, God, God's royal priesthood. So you are a king and I am a king and we search out God's hidden treasures. Amen. And that's what we're doing when we come to his word. We're searching out his hidden treasures. So <laughs> again, he said, listen, behold, the sower went out to sow as he was sowing. Some seed fell beside the road and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of soil. And after the sun had risen, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns and the thorns came up and choked it and it yielded no crop. Other seeds fell into the good soil. And as they grew up and increased, they yielded a crop and produced 30, 60, and a hundredfold. And he was saying, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. You know, he kept saying that, I, you know, again and again, Jesus has this, this saying that he who has ears to let him hear. What is he telling? He's, it, he's telling us it's the way that we're hearing, right? Because the Pharisees would be there hearing the same things. They had been hearing his teachings before he started teaching them in parables, yet they were hearing, but not really hearing, right? They didn't care to understand. They were, they were literally pushing his teachings away. You know, it's kind of like, have you ever been in a conversation with someone and then you kind of come to and realize that you don't know what they're talking about. You kind of spaced out or dazed out a little bit, you know, or you got busted doing that. Oh man, my husband busts me. It's a lot better now. Thank you, Lord, for healing my brain. But there were often times where he'd look at me and say, do you know what I've been talking about? <laughs> you know, when you do that thing where you spit out the last few words as if you know the whole thing. <laughs> Come on, y'all. We've all done it. So he's saying, don't listen like that. Don't hear like that. You know, it's how we're hearing his, 
his word and are we hearing with a believing heart you know when you hear when you hear the word say things like by his stripes i am healed do you say yes amen that is me or do you say that'll never happen because whichever one you say you're going to be right if you say that's never going to happen you'll be right but if you say amen lord by your stripes i am healed you will be healed hallelujah and, we're, and I'm kind of jumping ahead, but we're going to get, Jesus is going to show all this to us. So he said for us to, to hear, who, he who has ears, let him hear. As soon as he was alone, listen to that. As soon as he was alone with his followers, along with the 12, they began asking him about the parables. See, there's those people that are hungry for his word. They are hungry for a desire to know him, to know what he's teaching them, just like you are. Amen. That's why you're listening to these podcasts, because you have a hunger and a desire for Jesus Christ. Amen. And so he, he loves it. He loves that they come and ask. You know, Jesus will, will never condemn you or look down on you because you don't understand his word. You know, you know that saying, there's no such thing as a dumb question. You know, he wants you to question him, right? Amen. It's when we don't understand and we don't care that we don't understand that hurts his heart. Um, but you can ask him anything. It's, a, it's the best way to learn. He's the best teacher. Amen. Um, and has patience forever and a day. I'm, hey, let me tell y'all, if, if he can teach me the word of God, a woman that spent years being reminded every single day of who her husband was, come on, y'all. He can teach anybody. He can teach anybody. I am living, walking proof of that. Amen. There are still things my husband has to do for me that most husbands should not have to do for their wives. Right. Amen. I occasionally still forget where I live. But <laughs> OK, so uh, moving right along, he says, so he's alone with them and they come to him and ask for explanation. And it says, and he was saying to them, to you has been given the mystery of the kingdom of God. But those who are outside get everything in parables, so that while seeing, they may see and not perceive. And while hearing, they may hear and not understand. Otherwise, they might return and be forgiven. He's actually quoting there from Isaiah. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all the parables? Did you hear that? He just told us that this one parable is our key to understand all other parables is how important this one is. So he tells us the sower sows the word. So all that seed we just learned about, that's the word, the word of God. These are the ones who are beside the road where the word is sown. And when they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. So he's saying the seed that, that fell on the wayside and the birds came and ate it up, the birds represent foul spirits. They represent Satan. And he comes and right away, before that seed even has time to take root, he eats it up. My friends, that should tell us something. How powerful, how much do we need the word of God that the devil is so gung-ho to take it out of your heart? Because the devil knows that when the word of God comes into your heart, that is his defeat and your victory. He can't let that lay around there too long. <laughs> Amen. 
because the word of God comes with life and it comes with power. Remember the word of God itself is God breathed. And how did God bring Adam to life? He breathed into him. He breathed life into Adam's body, just as he breathed that same life into this word. So when we take this word into our hearts, we are bringing in the life of God himself into our hearts. Hallelujah. Of course the devil don't want that to be there. Amen. But too late. Here it is. Say, here it is. <laughs> here it is. We got the word of God. Amen. But this, why is he able to do that? Okay. So don't be fearing right now. Why is he able to come and take the word from these people so easily? Because these are those people we talked about already that don't understand the word and they don't care. They hear the word and they don't really care about it. Such as the Pharisees. The Pharisees heard, you know, a, a vast majority of Jesus's teaching and preaching. They were often there, but they were there to find fault with him. They were there to scrutinize him. They were there to find reasons to kill him. They spent a vast majority of his ministry trying to find ways to get rid of him. So do you think they were ever letting his word come into their hearts? No, they had no, no heart to receive it. They never wanted to receive it in the first place. And the thing we always have to remember is that God absolutely respects our free will. He respects our free will. If we say, no, I want nothing to do with that, he's not going to force himself, even though he knows it's what's best for us. Do you know how much that breaks his heart? Could you imagine if you saw a loved one suffering and dying? Because that's what sin does to us. It causes death and it causes pain and it causes destruction. And that's why God hates it. He doesn't hate us. He hates the sin in us and what it does to us. Could you imagine if you saw a loved one suffering and you had the answer that they refused to take it from you? How would that break your heart? So we have to put ourselves in God's shoes. My friends, he is never happy to judge. You will never find a place in the Bible where it says it brings God much joy to judge his people. But you will find where it says it is his delight to be gracious and loving for us. And I, when I say judge, I mean to condemn. But now his, his judgment is on our side. If you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, did you know that his judgment is actually on your side? Because now his judgment declares that you are righteous. His judgment declares that you are forgiven. And he actually goes to work for your justice. Hallelujah. You know what? I want to share with you one of my favorite scriptures. I know I say that a lot. How can you not have a lot of favorites when this is hanging out with Jesus? You know, it's just like, think of your best friend. Do you have one moment that's your favorite hanging out with them? Or are there lots of moments? Like, remember that one time, you know, remember that one time where, you know, whatever happened. Remember when we did this together. Remember when we did that together. You know, remember, you know, you have lots of good memories with them. So we can have lots of favorite verses because those are our favorite times with our Lord. And just speaking about God's grace and what he delights in. Listen to this. And Jeremiah, <laughs> did y'all hear that? In Jeremiah 9, verse 24, it says, But let him who boasts boast of this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness. Loving kindness. You know what that word means in the Hebrew? 
It means grace. That I am the Lord who exercises grace, justice, and righteousness on earth. My friend, where do we get our righteousness from? We get our righteousness from Jesus. Romans 5, 17 tells us that our righteousness is a gift that we receive from Jesus. And listen, it goes on to say, For I delight, I delight in these things, declares the Lord. He delights in showing us grace. He delights in showing us justice. He delights in showing us righteousness. These are the things he delights in. Amen. My friend, God is on your side. Even the Pharisees, Jesus loved them. And that's why when they rejected and rejected and rejected him as Savior, he began to speak harshly to them. Because if he didn't break through that hypocrisy, he couldn't save them. So he had to, he had to try and break through their hypocrisy, help them to see who they really were so that they would see their need for him. Even them he loved. Amen. Amen. So I done lost our place. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Them Pharisees, they get me distracted. <laughs> Amen. So, so anyway, so the seed that fell by the, by the wayside and got eaten up by the birds, um, that's the seed that Satan comes and takes away. Uh, you know, and you might be wondering where I get, I got to apologize where I'm getting some of this from, because this same parable is shared in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, which again tells us it is really important. In Matthew's account, he gives us a, a, a different detail. See, that's the beauty of having the different Gospels is that, um, you know, it's all the truth, but we get different perspectives of it, right? It's like maybe if someone was behind the stage and someone was in front of the stage and someone was next to the stage, all of their accounts are the truth, but they're going to have a different view, right? So we get a different view. So what, what Matthew, when he recorded this, he says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one on whom seed was sown beside the road. And that was Matthew 13, 19. So that's where we get the, you know, you don't, you don't have to worry about that unless you have that heart that says, I don't understand God's word and I don't care that I don't understand God's word. And I know that's not you or you wouldn't even be listening to this. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You have a heart that desires to hear God's word, that desires to understand God's word. That's why we're here together today. So going on to the next one, uh, back in Mark 4.16, it says, in a similar way, there are the ones on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. Okay, so this is different. They hear it and they receive it with joy. So they believe it and they take it in and they have joy about it. Like, wow, that is a great word. You know, so by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. What a great word. And they, and they receive that with joy. And it, but it says, they have no firm root in themselves but are only temporary. Then when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, I hope you heard that affliction or persecution came because of the word. And it says immediately they fall away. So these are the ones where the, the seeds sprouted, they grew up, but the sun came up and scorched them. Why? Because they didn't have deep enough roots. They didn't have roots that could go down deep and get to that nice cool water that they still needed. And why did that happen? Because affliction or persecution came because of the word. 
Oh, my friend, how many times we are persecuted because of the word that we just received from the Lord. But you want to know how sneaky and crafty the devil is. He often makes us think we're being persecuted or suffering an affliction, and he brings it with this twist of condemnation. So before you know it, we'll be blaming ourselves for it and totally not realize that it came because of the word, but we'll let the word go in the process. And I'll give you an example of what how that happens. Like say, you know, you've just come from a from a message where you've where you've heard a lot of preaching about how at the cross Jesus Christ took all of our physical ailments. Hey, I will give you a good one. If you are suffering from a condition or you have a loved one who is suffering from a condition or you just want to be healthier and stronger, I encourage you to go back and listen to my podcast. It was a special that was done on Good Friday and we talk about the sufferings Jesus went through and how all of those sufferings were for our health. My friend, Jesus didn't need to be beaten and scourged and have his flesh torn apart and have his head beaten in and his beard ripped out. He didn't need to go through all that to save us. He didn't need to go through all that to bring us redemption or forgiveness of sins. You know, in the Old Testament, when the Israelites brought and sacrificed to the Lord, even in the the Jewish written traditions that they have that they can still look back on they they were very skilled and they knew of a very specific artery that they could cut where the goat or the lamb or the the bull whatever it was would immediately become unconscious and it would just bleed out and basically never know it had even died and that is how the Lord then would receive their sacrifice and that would cover over their sins. It couldn't remove their sins, only the blood of Christ can do that, but it covered over their sins until the time that Christ came. So if those, if those things received a better treatment, there has to be a reason why. Why did God allow his own son to be so brutalized? And if, if you, you know, when you go through and read about what Christ suffered in the Gospels, take your time with it. Because, you know, there's lines where it'll just say, he was scourged. He was scourged. Three little words. But you do some research on what a Roman scourging was like, and it's incredibly, you know, they, they invented it. They were the masters of torture and torment. That was why they invented the cross. This scourging that Jesus went through, it was so, um, it was, it was so, it ripped every bit of flesh from his body. It says in the Psalms that he looked and behold, he could count all of his bones, all of them. My friend, he suffered so much and why? Because all of that suffering was the payment to, to heal our bodies. The Bible says in Galatians that Jesus became a curse on the tree so that we are blessed. And if you go to Deuteronomy 28, you get to see all the blessings and all the cursings and every physical condition we could ever suffer. Plus many more strife in in marriages and strife between parents and children and and having nothing work out for you, where, where whatever you put your hand to just fails. Do you know all of that is in the curse? And Jesus became cursed for us 
so that we could be blessed, so that we can declare things like, by his stripes, I am healed. Do you know that the Bible says that as your days grow, so does your strength? But we walk around saying, oh, I'm getting old, I'm getting old. You know, every time you do that, you're cursing yourself. You don't have to grow old like the world. The world's convinced us that we do. But God's word says that as your days grow, so does your strength, which means you should be getting stronger. And there are people in the Bible that it happened to. Amen. So, <laughs> woo, amen. <laughs> it also says he will renew your youth like the eagles. And I'm myself in a testimony to that. At 41 years young, I am stronger and healthier and younger today than I was when I was 28. And I want to ask you something. Even if you hadn't gone through a major physical uh, breakdown like I did or an injury or had cancer, any of those things, even if you haven't suffered those things, do you walk around today saying that you feel younger and healthier and stronger than you did 12 years ago? Because that's the promise God has for you. And you can start experiencing that now and today. Don't wait. Start declaring that over yourself. As my days grow, so does my strength. The Lord renews my youth like the eagles. By his stripes, I have been healed. Hallelujah. And see, we can receive that word with a good heart. Or we can say, Charlie, you done lost your mind and not receive it. But it's all biblical. It's all scriptural. But this is what will happen. And, and I'm going to share this with you in the next podcast. <laughs> I'm going to share a bit of my own testimony with you because I went through this ground and I don't want you to go through it where I had received the beautiful word about the value, seeing the value of the communion and how the Lord means for us to receive that for our health. And then I let it get taken away from me and it almost killed me, um, my friends. But we don't have time for that now. So I'm going to have to share that with you in the next podcast. So come back, tune back in um, because we're just right. We're just really digging into this. But I pray that this has already blessed you and um, start, you know, go ahead and start going for God's best. See, that's what it means to be a child of God, that we stop believing what the world has to offer and we start believing what God has to offer. And here's my here's the thing, my friend. There's less of us than there are of them. So just because they all say you're crazy, you have to grow older and growing older means you have to have memory problems and you have to have aches and pains and you, and you have to start losing certain functions and this and that. That's what the world says, but we don't belong to this world. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. We are children of God and children of God are not under the curse of the world. We're under the blessings of our God. Hallelujah. And those blessings mean that I can walk about and expect to get healthier and expect to get stronger and expect to get younger and expect to enjoy the life that my father bought and paid with the life of his son to give me. Hallelujah. Oh man, you too, my friend. Expect to see the good days that your savior suffered and died to give to you. Jesus never said we had to wait till we're in heaven to start experiencing heaven. In fact, he taught us to pray that heaven come down to earth. My father who art in heaven, holy is your name. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. Jesus wants you to have days of heaven while you're on earth. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. We receive that, Lord. We receive that. We receive your days of heaven here on this earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Woo, woo, woo. I did it again. <laughs> oh, man, the joy of the Lord, my friends. The joy of the Lord. I preached me happy. Hope I preached you happy. And I'll have to share the rest of that story with you the next time we get together. All right, my friend. Until then. Keep on living, loving, and laughing in grace.